a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Today's edition of Table Talk Radio brings me back to my seminary days. Where we today have uh, a couple seminarians in studio this here. This is a tragic sort of thing. <laughs> you should have the harp playing in the background. You know that the sound effect? No, I don't. How come we don't have sound effects on this show? Second bit radio show? They are sound effects. It's just you and me. All right. Um, let's have our seminarians introduce themselves. I'm uh, Ben Siebert. I'm a fourth-year seminarian at Fort Wayne, uh, hopefully getting ready to receive a call this spring. Not like Ben this. Siebert, everybody. Ben Siebert, welcome to the show. <laughs> and, and I am uh, Robbie Rojas. I'm a fourth-slash-fifth-year seminarian. Since when do we have rabbis on the show? <laughs> Rabbi Rojas? That's ridiculous. Welcome, Rabbi. Thank you. I wonder if you could turn your mic down while we're talking, Pastor. Uh, okay, so here's our here's our lineup for Table Talk Radio today, and our seminarians are joining in on the fun. Uh, that is, name that church body. Each seminarian has a church body for Pastor Wolfman there, and I think he has one uh, to go the other way. And then, then we're going to do some Ten Commandments in the news. And are we going to tell about the secret show if we have extra time? This this game. Oh yeah, we can tell about it. Everyone will. It'll keep them hanging on to the end. Oh yeah. So in the in the desperate <laughs> hopes that we might get to this show. Uh, Pastor Wolfman wants to play this game. Dolly Parton or Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Twitter now. You can follow me at B Wolfmuller. <laughs> I'm oh, looking yeah. for more followers. That's all we needed. I mean, as I if have Facebook more followers wasn't than enough. Kurt Cameron. You know, I, I wish we. I Cameron wish we had Facebook without the pictures or the poking. Or the friends. I know Twitter. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm taking up all the social media slack. I basically take up anything that has to do with social altogether in this show. <laughs> all right. Or our seminarians have some media. buzzwords. We're going to have four buzzwords floating around. And so the either of these, I mean, all three, you have three buzzwords to choose from for your use. And if you use all three in one sentence, you get like a million points. <laughs> all right, all right, Robbie. What's your what's your buzzword? All right, my buzzword is syncretism. Uh, theologically speaking, it's the amalgamation of different religions. Uh, the underlying belief is that there's no real difference between these religions. Um, an example would be Christians and Muslims uh, worshiping together or praying together. All right, uh, timely. <laughs> Why? How do you spell Kurt Cameron? By the way, 
Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O. Cameron doesn't have a Twitter account. I already, I now am now announcing to the world that I have more Twitter followers than Kirk Cameron. All right. In other That's news, uh, Seminarian Seabird has a has a buzzword for us. My buzzword is Arianism. It's uh, hey. third or fourth century heretic uh, designed this Arius, and his heresy was that uh, Jesus was the first of creation, not in the sense of which we believe as Christians that he was the firstborn. From creation, that uh, as as giving us this uh, this image of God restored, but this uh, he's not of the same substance, and he's essentially not God, but that he's uh, a lesser divine sort of being. Oh. This this is a terrible heresy because it takes away the comfort of the gospel, and that if he wasn't fully God, then he couldn't have paid for our sins, and if he wasn't fully human, then he couldn't have uh, suffered and died in our place. All right, there it is, Arianism. And uh, Pastor Wolfner, my theological uh, buzzword for you is nihilism, or for any of our uh, guests today, nihilism. Uh, this is the view that life has no meaning, so that there's no objective purpose to human life. There's no objective morality, no moral truth. So it's just that we're here and then we're, we're gone. You know, there's, there's no, nothing to this place. So uh, nihilism. Oof. I'm pulling mine, by the way. This is a random card pulled out, pulled out of the theological, um, what are these? The, my theologian trading cards. And I pulled up Eutyches of Constantinople. So I guess that would be Eutychianism. He, by the way, Eutychius plays for the Orthodoxy Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get uh, these anyway? Someone gave them to you? Yeah, Sean. Seminarian Sean. Oh. Gave them to me. Sean's from Hope. He goes to seminary. Soon to be a fine pastor. Now, Eutychius... Eutychius, this says Eutychius, it should be Eutychius teaching, sometimes referred to as Eutychianism, is one of the main forms of monophysitism, a position asserting that Christ's human and divine natures amalgamated, who just used that word, the rabbi? I did, I didn't. (laughs) To form one new nature. Because of his teaching, Eutychius found himself embroiled in debate, I'd say. His orthodoxy was called into question, because he didn't have any, I added that. (laughs) And he was deposed and excommunicated the Synod of Constantinople in what year? 448. 448. Good guess. At the Second Council of Ephesus, 449, what was later known as the Robber Synod, Eutychius Orthodoxy was reformed. Whoa, the decision was overturned at the Council of Chalcedon in 451. Mm. That was a lot of councils right in a row. Look at that. 448, 449, and 451. All these guys are doing. Let's go to councils. It's like synodical conventions. Indeed. All right, so those are the buzzwords. Got a laundry list of them there. And now we're going to do some Name That Church Body. The way this works is we have uh, one of our guests uh, first read a, uh, a statement of belief from a particular church body, um, be it inside or outside uh, Orthodox Christianity. And uh, the Pastor Wolfman, you got to guess uh, who this is. So who would like to go first over here? I guess uh, I was volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that, Ben? Yes, it is. Sorry. Strange to have a rabbi with a Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit it, hit it, Vin. All right. This uh, first first reading. In one sense, we could refer to John 1, 1 as the real beginning of the Bible. It describes the nature of God as creator even before the beginning depicted in Genesis 1, 1. As in the New Bible Commentary Revised states, John's distinctive contribution is to show that before the creation, of the, before the, creation the word existed. 
Consider carefully the context of this crucial chapter in John. Verse 14 explains exactly whom this word actually became, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word was conceived in the flesh as a physical human being, Jesus Christ. Although fully human, he perfectly reflected God's divine character. Here, then, we have two great personages, two uncreated eternal beings, the God, or God the Father, and the Word, who became Jesus Christ, both divine, presiding over the creation. <laughs> Good luck, Pastor Wolf Miller. <laughs> I, know, I know just what that is. I, I think just for the listener's sake, we'll have you read a couple more quotes from that. <laughs> That's so easy. All right. Well. I, by the way, just tweeted that I have more followers than Kirk Cameron. Did you did you even listen to enough of that to have any kind of a reflection? I got or? half my orthodoxy tied behind my back by Twitter. <laughs> so the, that answers. Yeah. My okay. Question. I got something about it. So they're talking about how John is the is predates Genesis. It talks about who Jesus is and this sort of thing. I, it's I don't know who would write this. I got. I, do I have more coming? Yeah. Yeah. You got two more. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pull out anything. Anything. Uh, I, maybe I should have. Should I have? Ben, should I have heard something distinctive in that already? You know, it's. It sounds pretty orthodox. Uh, okay. Unless you read it in context. <laughs> Thank you. Look, look Evan's going to be frowning at you for giving me uh, such a robust hint. We, we we don't talk to Pastor Wolf when they're outside of the hints. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's like table talk. <laughs> That's under the, under the table talk. Yeah, it's right. kicking me in the shin. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, let's give another one then. The reference work at Catholic Dictionary similarly acknowledges, on the whole, the New Testament, like the Old, speaks of the Spirit as a divine energy or power. God's Word shows that the Holy Spirit is the very nature, presence, and expression oh, of God's power actively working in His servants. Indeed, it is through His Holy Spirit that God is present everywhere. But the, the Holy Scriptures do not depict the Holy Spirit as a person, but as a power of God. Uh, continuing What's on. This? I was doing the show. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Uh, <laughs> and they're quoting the Catholic Dictionary. I was, I was reading this the other day, teaching class. <laughs> what in the world was I teaching about? <laughs> if only you remembered your own classes. <laughs> da, 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 da. I, I unfortunately have too many classes going on all the time. <laughs> Uh, we have about 30 seconds. Was there more to that second quote? Just a little bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, let's have it. Further, it's also shown to be the mind of God and the very essence and life force through which the Father begets human beings as his spiritual children. The Holy Spirit is not God, but is rather a vital aspect of God, the agency through which the Father and Christ both work. <laughs> okay. So, Holy Spirit is not God. Yeah, it doesn't sound as orthodox as the first quote. <laughs> All right. During this commercial break, we're going to see if uh, Pastor Wolfner can jog his memory of the classes that he's taught. Maybe he'll think of what he was reading from and uh, be able to guess what the church buddy is that uh, seminarian Siebert is quoting here. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. If you have questions or comments for us. You can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. This is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, 
I listen to Table Talk Radio. Whoever you are, wherever you are, by faith you can be a part of the heavenly first united Baptocostal Presbyterian, Methodistical, Evangelical, Evangelistic, Nazaristic, Faithaholic, Charismatical, Holy Spirit filled fanatic, the Church of God in Christ our Lord. We're all of God's children, harmonize and sing and wonderful. I hope Pastor Wolfman figures out that the, the book you're reading from is from the Faithaholic uh, Church. <laughs> hey, how'd the video production go today? Is that uh, top secret? No, it's not top secret, but we haven't done it yet. We're going to do it later. Are you answering questions about, what are you doing again for that, by the way? Are you you're answering questions like, why are you why are you Lutheran so Catholic? Things like that. Uh, well, that was one of them that I was thinking about doing. You were supposed to talk to me later about that question. Yeah, that, well, uh, why not now? Why waste time? Not, why wait till after we're done recording? Like we're Doesn't not everyone like want to hear? Hey, if you guys want us to dial you in on our conversation later, you can <laughs> yeah. listen to that too. Uh, I'm just making a few videos for our, our congregation here in Rogue River. Uh maybe for the website that uh Addressing some questions that are, I like the way you put it. I didn't think about it, putting it this way until you called me this morning. But questions that are uh, uh, hindrances or stumbling blocks to the gospel. Yeah, I, see, I was thinking about that same thing last night, and I was thought, I'm going to make some videos with this. And then I thought, wait a minute, Evan just told me he's doing that. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm. Have you seen the movie Inception? I, I planted these ideas in your head. <laughs> well, you probably told them to me. I just wasn't paying attention like most of them. Now, I was thinking, what are the big questions? The listener can write in to say, hey, how come you guys baptize babies? And how come you're just like Roman Catholics? And why the heck's that pastor forgiving my sins? I don't need anybody yeah, I, to forgive my sins. I wrote these down on my uh, glass door with a dry erase marker, but the door's closed, so I can't see what they say. But um, <laughs> it's questions like, um, this isn't even a question, it's a statement, but I'm spiritual but not religious. Or this one I get a lot, that I used to go to the church, but uh, for whatever reason I got hurt in the church, and so now I don't want to go back. Oh, yeah, that's pretty um, good. That one, that I mean, one it's pretty bad, but also yeah. good question. Um, I think this is what we should do. You make your videos. I'm going to make my videos. Then we can have a video off. I think that's I a great know. idea because I think mine are going to be better than yours. Because <laughs> you got you got the rabbi helping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seminary and Seward has one more for you before you fail miserably at this. So here, here it is. All right. Okay. God's purpose is to make us fully like Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4, Paul makes this clear. As we have seen, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and also God the Son. He is God along with the Father, with God the Father, two, be, two divine beings united in profound oneness. As Jesus is God's Son, our destiny is also to be the immortal children of God. Of course, Jesus is God's Son in a unique way, as we have seen, unlike us, that he was divine word of God from eternity with the Father. The awesome potential of any person, as it is presented to us in God's word, seems so incredible that most people cannot grasp the biblical truth when they first read it. Although it's plainly stated in the Bible, people usually read right over it. In fact, this awesome future is the whole purpose and reason that God made mankind. It is why we were born and why we exist. Sadly, belief in the Trinity blinds millions of people to this awe-inspiring truth. (laughs) The Trinity presents God as three divine persons who are simultaneously one and as forever this closed group, no more and no less. This unbiblical teaching obscures the awesome truth that God is expanding his family, now consisting of the Father and the Son, but that family will expand, as by Hebrews 2.10, he tells us, bringing many sons to glory. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. 
I want to see you get this. Now, this is a see. Look, I was teaching. I did a Bible study. I taught on Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, and Seventh Day Adventism all right in a row. And this this was almost spot on from one of those guys. Now, I thought for sure that it was the Jehovah Witness because because the J Dubs, uh, as I affectionately refer to them. Uh, when they come walking, yeah, hey, if, you guys if, from the J Dubs. There, there's a possibility that they could come in right now. They ring my doorbell. <laughs> we'll just invite them in, and they can. Hey guys, sit down. What do you say? Hey, is this, is this you guys or your cousins, the Mormons? <laughs> because the J Dubs, I think they had this weird thing where they're talking about the five myths, and they go into the and they quote all the time. But I think this is from the Mormon material. Uh, so I'm going to guess what is Mahormonism? Why are you asking it in the form of a question? Oh yeah. <laughs> just in case just, just in case guess. we're accidentally playing Jeopardy <laughs> pay attention to what game we're playing I would like an answer not a question please <laughs> Mormonism this is the Mahormons or as we refer to them the Latter Day Saints out here that's what we call them no sadly this is uh, from a little booklet I received from the United Church of God and oh you're kidding me the United <laughs> Church of God is God a Trinity? Look, look to who, see if they're quoting from the Mahormons. They quote from Luther. <laughs> yeah, read Luther's quote in that little book. This is great. Get, get ready, Pastor Wolfman. All right, I'm ready. Martin Luther, the German priest who initiated the Protestant Reformation, conceded, It is indeed true that the name Trinity is nowhere to be found in the Holy Scriptures, but has become <laughs> conceived by, as an invention by man. It's uh, pulled out of context, I presume, from uh, the sermons of Martin Luther. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, so therefore the doctrine isn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's take a review. I can't, so who was that again? The United Who? United Church of God, an international I'm just going to give our, if the, if the church name has the word united in it, just <laughs> avoid it. That's true. United, having united in it is just like saying, hey, uh, we're syncretistic. That's a buzzword. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I, I, well, who's I don't know. Don't give it to me. I'm going to use all four of them. Oh, in a okay. I guess we won't give point. it to you. I was gonna let, you're not paying attention. I was going to let Robbie award you some points. but um, he's a, Oh, man. I almost made a really bad rabbi joke. <laughs> <laughs> you already missed a good opportunity to use it. I stopped my mouth there. <laughs> that was just about to be a train wreck. <laughs> Very rarely do we have to edit this show. That was almost a time. All right. Let's uh let's go to yours. You have one for us, Pastor. We're it was like hilarious a, though. A joint effort here to to figure out which uh church body you're going to go at here. Oh yeah, I got it. I don't want to just know the church body. I want to know what I'm reading from. All right. <laughs> Article XIII. That's XE. We believe that a visible church of Christ is a congregation of the baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the ordinances of Christ, governed by his law, and exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word, that its, uh, that its only scriptural offices are bishops, or pastors, and deacons, whose qualifications, claims, and duties are defined in the epistles to Timothy and Titus. All right, I'm going to let the seminarians comment first. <laughs> any, any, any ideas? No, they don't make no comment. They're stunned. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not yet ordained, so I, I sit silently. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, these guys do not have the scriptural office of bishop or deacon. <laughs> so, so they have to, well, uh, I'll tell you one thing that um, 
uh, I'm leaning towards is some branch of Reformed theology. Um, you mentioned this uh, this covenant idea, and I know um, some branches of, of uh, Calvinism really lock onto this uh, covenant theology thing. Uh, so that's a little bit of a hint for me, but I'm anxious to hear another quote. Okay, anxious. I wouldn't have used that word. This is XIV or XIV. We believe that this is on baptism and the Lord's Supper. We believe that Christian baptism is the immersion in water of a believer into the name of the Father and Son and Holy Ghost to show forth in a solemn and beautiful emblem our faith in the crucified, buried, and risen Savior, with a U, <laughs> Savior, please, with its effect in our death to sin and resurrection to new life. Uh, that it is prerequisite to the privileges of a church relation and to the Lord's Supper, in which the members of the church, by the sacred use of the bread and wine, are to commemorate together the dying love of Christ, proceeded always by solemn self-examination. All right. I know the seminarians have something to say about that one. Well, this being brought into the community emphasis of baptism sounds like something of uh, the Reformed variety of uh, the Christian faith. And that there's all these articles makes me think with uh, the English spelling of Savior. Maybe it's... Uh, or Canadian. Oh, or Canadian, <laughs> yes. How many heresies come out of Canada? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so um, so baptism... Oh, well, mention both of the sacraments. And uh, in, in the mention of both of these sacraments, neither one of them are sacraments, right? So that you have uh, that, first of all, immersion-only baptism... And that this, this uh, baptism is a expression of one's faith, right? So rather than the bestowal of God's grace, it's an expression of faith. And, and similar with the with the communion. Robbie, do you have anything on that? No, it's got to be reformed. Okay, that's it. He just <laughs> says it. reformed. You know, when a Lutheran says reformed, you know what they mean? Everyone Everything. who's not Lutheran or Catholic. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I need, like, I need a third. I the Lutherans are the only guys that have the R, large R reformed and little case reformed. <laughs> Crazy. All right, I need a third. A third what are they teaching here? you guys at the seminar. Well, actually, okay, this is well. We run out of time. Yeah, let's let's take a break and then I need a break. I, I yeah. mean, <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I'm and sure. Then, I do. All right, I'm getting exhausted have, over here. We have after this. <laughs> <laughs> one more round of uh, name that church body, and then we're playing Ten Commandments in the News. We got some yeah, great, hey. some great clips here uh, for Ten Commandments in the News. Uh, that's all here on Table Talk Radio. Uh, if you want to catch some of our past shows, uh, if you're having trouble sleeping at night, you can go to tabletalkradio.org and listen to all of our uh, past shows right there at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two is the number. Uh, if you have any complaints about the show, send them to PRBW <laughs> at Table Talk Radio. Or follow me on Twitter at, our, at oh, B. Wolfmuller. Can we make complaints in person? <laughs> no, no complaints in person. All right, you're on Table Talk Radio. More <laughs> Name That Church Body right after this break. We'll be right back. Let's find the church. one word. Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Presbyterian. As long as we can say I do, I'm gonna marry you and be the luckiest man on this earth. I can't wait much longer, let's find. 
Have you ever been flipping through the radio and suddenly wonder why you've been listening to something? Well, this is Staple Talk Radio. Yeah, this is a great song. How come this isn't our bump all the time? And that's why it's not our bump all the time. Keep it going. Keep it going. Like you have to ask the question. Turn it back. The reason. The reason that's not a regular bump is that you'll be you're gonna be doing that the rest of the show. I could sing in that band. I'd be the. I take the name Animal. Oh man! All right, I I want to I want to get this. I'm I'm ready. Give me a. What, give me what a, are we doing here? We're playing name here. that church body. Yeah. I'm giving you a third quote, which is XV or XV. On Christian Sabbath, we believe. Are you ready? Ready. <clears throat> we believe that the first day of the week is the Lord's Day or Christian Sabbath, and is to be kept sacred to religious purposes by abstaining from all secular labor. <laughs> Labor by reframing by by abstaining. I'm like reading like you now. I'm ready by abstaining from all secular label. <laughs> those, those words by, like by abstaining from all secular labor and sinful recreations. Would you like to list a few? Yeah, by the Devout observance of all means of grace, both private and public. Did you hear that? Means of grace. And by preparation for that rest that remaineth for the people of God. Ooh, that's an interesting reference. All right. I know. Did you get that whole thing? Yeah. I, I think um, I think our seminarians got this. And look at over there. They, they're looking pretty confident. So. Uh, okay. Well, you, don't you want to talk about it first? They can't just guess. Oh, oh, don't these guys know oh, how to play? Okay, I'll talk about Comment. it. Comment. So that. Um, Make so, interesting so th- this, conversation This one is, is saying listeners. that uh, the the Sabbath day is Sunday, right? Not Saturday. Yeah. Right. This Indeed. is important. So um, in the Old Testament, uh, people of God would always observe the seventh day, probably Saturday, um, as the Sabbath. And then uh, Christians start worshiping on Sunday. Now, uh, they do this because Jesus... Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So it is appropriate then to worship on the Lord's Day, the day that he rose from the dead. And this is what Christians always found uh, significant from the very get-go. Now, later, people come along and, and they're reading through you know Exodus 20, and they think, ah, we're doing it all wrong. We're worshiping on the wrong day. And uh, what Luther brings to us is this understanding that the third uh, commandment, the Sabbath, well, I shouldn't say Luther brings it, really Paul or God brings us to us, uh, that... <laughs> <laughs> that it got very progressively bigger. <laughs> Luther, Paul, God. Uh, <laughs> That's escalating fast. The that uh, the, that the Sabbath point points forward to um, who is our Sabbath? Jesus. So Jesus is our Sabbath. He's our rest. And uh, now the third commandment. And this is specifically what Luther talks about in the Catechism. That the third commandment is about um, hearing that word of God, uh, Jesus, uh, who is our rest. So. That the, the the Sabbath is any time the Lord's the Lord's word is uh, is preached upon or studied uh, at home or at church, so that we should uh, delight uh, to hear God's word and not despise it, not to not despise preaching, um, not not to despise the study of His word, but we should be uh, glad glad to hear uh, hear this word of God. 
So uh, now our seminarians have the answer, though. What they do? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, since you were listing articles, I was thinking maybe it was uh, something of the thirty-nine articles, especially since the English spelling. So I don't know if this would be something from the Anglican Church. And since you can't pronounce the word labor. Yeah. I was thinking labor probably had a U in it, too. Labor does not have a U in it. Isn't that oh, weird? That, that must strange. be a typo. It doesn't say all secular labor. It says labor. <laughs> regular labor. So why can't you? S- oh, anyway, go ahead. I so don't is, know why. Is that right? Well, that's a very fine guess, gentlemen. But it actually comes from the New Hampshire <laughs> or New Hampshire. New Hampshire Baptist Confession, 1833. You guys are wrong! Oh. Uh, hence the lack of the U. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, if we would have, yeah, we would have got it. If you would have known the U wasn't there, but the U was in Save Your. It's weird. I wonder why, I mean, I wonder if the Save Your is like the Holy Ghost. It just kind of sticks around for a little while. Although Labor is not Labor. I don't know. I haven't exactly sorted that out. I'm not exactly sure how you thought we should know the document. Well, I, you you should have known that it was Baptist. Did you say that it's hard, it's a, uh, it is that baptism yeah. was a solemn and beautiful emblem? Well, and that the Baptist written all over. Well, the immer- immersion only also was was a big hint too. Of yeah, because thirty nine articles, thirty nine articles doesn't say anything like that. Here, I'll read I from. Know. If, if articles, I could have had some doctrinal wife. review before he spoke, that I would have done my <laughs> best. But. Yeah, who was that by the way? Was that Ben or the rabbi? <laughs> That was Ben. I got the 39. <laughs> we, do, we don't have a rabbi. I don't know who it was. <laughs> you were on, you were on uh, some show one time with a rabbi. Remember that? I was. A rabbi, an evangelical, and a Lutheran well, pastor well, walk into a, ra- into a radio station. It's like it's old. It's just, the... All it needs is a punchline. <laughs> what was the topic of that show? <laughs> it, was, it was the business of church. What the? That was ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know anything about the business of church. Like, tell us a little about the it's business like, of church. Hey, why don't you? What? It's like getting a bunch of mechanics together and saying, "Hey, let's get together and talk about uh, the carpet in the in the car." <laughs> like, I'd rather talk about the car. <laughs> the thirty nine articles say of baptism: baptism is only is not only a sign of profession and mark of difference, whereby uh, Christian men are discerned from others that may not be christened, but is also a sign of regeneration or new birth, whereby, as by an instrument. They that receive baptism rightly are grafted into the church. The uh, promises of forgiveness of sins. Do you want to know? What, you want to know what he's doing right now? Right now he's stalling, so he doesn't well, have to have. Bring it on, to, uh, stalling. Right. Bring it on. All right, I'm ready for this nonsense. Robbie. Robbie's got some for you. All right, uh, this denomination holds that the eternal truths of God's saving revelation in Jesus Christ are preserved in the living tradition of the church under the guidance and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Scriptures are at the heart of the tradition and the touchstone of the faith. While the Bible is the written testimony of God's revelation, holy tradition is the all-encompassing experience of the faithful church under the abiding guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. Ha uh-huh. Okay. Now, is that all, or is that the first quote? That's, That's the first. first quote. Okay. Now, this is going to be... There's two people who talk about holy tradition, and that is <laughs> our friends of Catholics and... By the way, have you sent your application in for Pope? Yeah. Did you send that yet? Uh-huh. It had to be postmarked yesterday, my, didn't it? Yeah. So I, my idea was to, to become Pope and then speak speak ex cathedra that all priests could marry and then marry someone. So now the Pope is married. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah that would be probably the one of, that's probably your best route to marriage right there. <laughs> <laughs> my most likely. <laughs> so I guess if I'm speaking. First get elected Pope. If I'm <laughs> speaking. <laughs> 
It's not a good speaking ex cathedra. I suppose I could say a few things about justification too, though. Huh? <laughs> For sure, you're gonna forget though. You're gonna have this long list of things to pronounce, like Trent was wrong and. And the, you know, Pope's the Trent is anathema. Sort of oh, now what? <laughs> and then, and then you're gonna, and then you're gonna say all oh, priests can be married. And then you're gonna find yourself some nun <laughs> to marry. But then you're gonna get, you're gonna sit down in the chair, and then immediately forget all about that. And say and say, I'm getting married. Oh, then, then I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna go out. Where are you get back? Where are you going? I'm like, never mind. I don't want to get married. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there was a reason. Okay, priest, don't don't get married, priest. <laughs> do you know how many? You're not gonna do it all that. Do you, popal do you know stuff? how many questions popal. I have to answer before popal. I leave the house? Zero. <laughs> when are you gonna be back, Sage's big eyes? There, Ooh, hippie dog. Ooh. Like my mom is not a hippie, by the way. Oh, she yeah. wanted that to you, be stated in the public in record. You got oh, in big my goodness. Trouble. Apparently, just because she ground up the carrots and refused to buy grocery store baby food, which is, you will admit, hippie-ish. All the other things I said were wrong and were breaking, I don't know, four or five of the commandments. So I'm <laughs> repenting now. So we've changed the worldview in the worldview catalog from I'm a hippie like a Linda to I'm a hippie not like a Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a better hippie than Linda. <laughs> the Catholics or the Eastern Orthodox. Those are the other guys that talk about holy tradition, and I'm leaning towards the EO on this one because uh, that's what I call them down here when they come knocking on the door. Is the this, EOs. Is this part of our Catholic outreach program? By the way, we were we were really hitting them here. All right, let's hear a second quote. Okay, I'm ready. All right, second quote: uh, Salvation is seen as a process begun at baptism and continuing until death. The commandments and the express will of God are the criteria for ethical conduct and spiritual elevation. The aim of Christian piety is union with God and our cooperation with divine Ooh. grace. Did you hear that? Is necessary to this oh, union. Hello, hello. Who could be calling at a time like this? <laughs> Too bad it's not you. <laughs> don't call, don't call Pastor Wolfer during our show. Your phone number get read off on the air. Yeah. All right. Oops. Was there more to that quote? Uh, no, that's that's all he needs to know. I got uh, it. I got it now. So that what that that what that whole mess means is that we're mystics. That's what that's saying. We are Christianized mystics, which the which our friends the EO are. Um, I'm ready for one more, and then I'm going to pull the trigger on these guys. All right, final one. Uh, the Holy Eucharist is known as the Divine Liturgy. It's the chief worship service, and it's celebrated on all Sundays and holy days during the liturgical year. It maintains a high sacramental view. Uh, the sacraments are visible signs of an invisible divine grace. The, ele <laughs> the elements of bread and wine in the Holy Eucharist are believed to be the very blood, body and blood of Jesus Christ received for the remission of sins and life everlasting. Look, I'm just, I'm, I'm, oh, who, who's, who could that be calling? At the time? Remember when I asked you if your cell phone was off? <laughs> There's a lot of phones on around here, apparently. Anywho, I'm gonna. I, oh, that's a sound already. This is the this is the mystical Christianized church body known as Eastern Orthodox. That's it. That's my guess. All right. Fifteen points. Fifteen points. Way to go. What? That's all. <laughs> all right. After we get back from this break, ten commandments in the news, and you won't want to miss this one. So we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Dedicate your work, play, and rest all you got. God's name is special, so use it that way. One. Don't fool yourself. 
yourself. There's only one God. Ten Commandments. Hi, this is Jonathan Fisk. And if you are interested in hard-hitting, dynamic, 200-proof Lutheran doctrine, then whatever you do, don't listen to Table Talk Radio. Watch Worldview Everlasting. All right, welcome back to the final segment of Table Talk Radio. Uh, we have Ten Commandments in the news. Pastor Wolfmiller, how does this game work? Uh, yes, so the way this game works is we get a piece of news, and then we talk about it in reference to the Ten Commandments. I think now, what is the idea of this thing? I think this idea is to try to put the put the things that happen to us or happen in the world uh, in the context of the catechism. That's the idea. And I think we can get our seminarians to to play on this one. Oh yeah, please. Uh, all right. So here's the first one. Here, this is uh, the first report. After years not only denying it, but challenging anyone who accused him of doping, Lance Armstrong finally came clean to Oprah in a special aired on her network, OWN. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. In the two-and-a-half-hour interview taped near his home in Austin, Armstrong responded to comments from the head of the U.S. anti-doping agency that called what Armstrong and his teammates did the most sophisticated, professionalized, and successful doping program that sport has ever seen. It was definitely professional, and it was definitely smart, if you can call it that, but it was uh, very conservative, very risk-averse, very aware of what mattered and didn't. One race mattered for me. The International Cycling Union stripped Armstrong of his seven Tour de France titles. The scary thing is that Winning seven tours, I knew. I knew I was going to win. But as he talked openly to Oprah, Armstrong says while he was doing it, it didn't feel like cheating. Was it a big deal to you? Did it feel wrong? At the time? Mm-hmm. No. It did not even feel wrong. No. Ooh, Scary. Boy. All right, that's the report. Scary. Okay. Uh, all right, seminarians, what uh, commandments uh, are involved in that story? Well, anytime there's, uh, especially a deliberate sinning, there's it's a breaking of the first commandment. Oh, he goes right to the first. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, he, no, Brilliant. Who, who was that? Was that Robbie? Siebert. Siebert. No. no, that was, was ben. that Ben? You gotta. You, you, this is radio. You gotta linger a little bit. You gotta let it build up. You gotta end with the first commandment. Okay, try again. Okay. Um, there, there's the the tenth commandment. I'll start at the other end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Covering that which did not belong to him. Those those little trophies in the nice yellow shirt. Yeah. <laughs> then it goes to the to the eighth, uh, bearing false testimony, um, just lying about the whole thing. He finally came clean, but pretty much because he was caught. All right, I would I would chip in on the fourth commandment, uh, the authorities of his uh, sport and event, and even the laws of the land. Uh, I suppose um, I don't know exactly which drugs he used or which ones, but in any case, um, at least uh, the the authorities of which he placed himself under to participate in the sport 
have uh, prohibited him from using these uh, kinds of drugs. So uh, that would be a breaking of the fourth commandment, the authority. Um, any others? Hmm. Let me think. I, I would say the Lying. second because he was probably uh, sworn at some points in his statement. Oh, yeah. S- swearing falsely by God's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, the fifth commandment, if, I mean, um, I don't know. What do you think about fifth commandment, Pastor Wolf? I mean, th- these drugs uh, are, are um, developed to enhance the body, but uh, they also have uh, damaging side effects as well. I guess so. So I think it's kind of a minor point. I mean, it's it's like it's like eating Cheetos is a fifth commandment sin. I mean, <laughs> so I'm well, not sure it just depends on why you're eating the Cheetos. <laughs> Watch out, over in Colorado, fifty of these babies <laughs> walked into Pastor Wilford's office. There's Cheeto bags everywhere. <laughs> What's going on in Colorado? <laughs> what are you eating? Nothing. <laughs> all right, what else you got? Cheeto Pastor dust Wolf, you all like? over your face. I don't know. Now. I think this whole thing is an odyssey in a hardened conscience because this the most interesting part of it is that did, did, it, did you know what you were doing wrong? Yes. Did it feel wrong? No. So there was a knowledge that this was breaking the law. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it, the, the conscience was not functioning like it's supposed to, slapping you down, uh, which is that that is really interesting to me. Hmm. So what does that tell you about his conscience? It was hardened. Well, well, but I it, okay. Well, let's talk about it this way. I mean, oftentimes we talk about the conscience kind of slowly being hardened. I mean, you kind of get this callus that you Ephesians talks about the callus of the heart. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of slowly built up. Um, but I think in some cases, like maybe this one, it's that uh, another another sin puts the blinders over over your eyes. Could be so that yeah. uh, so that pride. Uh, out of pride, I want to win, and so it, all that matters is winning the trophy, winning the race. And if I have to break these rules, I know it's wrong, but that's what I have to do to, to achieve achieve the goal. Right. In fact, it, another part of the uh, the interview, uh, Oprah asked, "Could you have won if it wasn't for these?" And he said, "No, humanly possible. It wasn't It wasn't humanly possible for me to do it without the drugs." Wasn't there something where they were all doing these drugs? Is it? I don't know. I don't watch the whole uh, thing. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Anything yep. else on that one? I got one uh, more clip for you. I mean, one more. Yeah, uh, new, yeah. Let's do another item. one. All Let's right. go. Here it is. Fox News alert as we witness an historic moment for the Catholic Church not seen in 600 years. In just moments, Pope Benedict XVI will step down officially as head of the Roman Catholic Church. And right now, he is spending his final moments as Pope at the Castle Gandolfo, just outside of Rome. You are looking at live pictures of the castle where you can see the Swiss Guard. They have protected the Pope for five centuries. Different Popes for five centuries, think of it, standing outside the doors. In moments at 2 p.m. Eastern time, the Pope's resignation will take effect. The bells will chime, the doors will shut, and the Swiss Guard will walk off duty in what will be one of the few visible signs that Benedict XVI is no longer Pope. And we will begin seeing the first few steps to choosing a new leader of the Catholic Church. This is dramatic. Fox News contributor Father Jonathan Morris joins us live now from Rome. Father Jonathan, they got a Father they Morris, got a great father? to see you. Put it, yeah. put it in perspective they now got a for what, what we're seeing and what's about to happen. 
occurring. Hmm. In just a few minutes, as you said, Megan, uh, the Catholic Church of 1.2 billion members will not have a pope. Uh, this is a period called the interregnum, in which one pope usually dies, in this case resigns, and then the College of Cardinals begin to meet to elect a new pope. That won't begin for several days now. But we're, what we're seeing here is not something that just hasn't happened in 600 years. Really, as it happened today, it has never happened that a reigning pope would choose, to, because of his own health, of mind and body, as he said, would pass on the authority to somebody else for the good of the church. He says, in these times, this is what is needed. Um, in my opinion, in, in a remarkable, not only historical, but a, a, from a spiritual perspective, a remarkable um, act of humility and, and, and one of, you know, these are important times. We need a pope who can handle the tough situations. What will happen, What, as a practical matter, what does it mean that for this time, beginning in three minutes, the Catholic Church will be without Ooh, a pope? Three minutes. Huh. Well, uh, the College of Cardinals uh, will be taking care of the ordinary business of the church um, in these days. And if there was an urgent matter, certainly they would come together and make a decision about that. But generally speaking, uh, the, the church is very local. So you have a, a parish priest, you have a local bishop, and you don't need the pope to be making uh, urgent decisions all the time. And so during this time, there will, no, there will be no major decisions made internationally, and um, they'll wait for a new pope. I stood up here, Megan, on this platform, looking over here at St. Peter's Basilica, and watched that helicopter take off. Uh, to, to, to think what? that this man kind of, had chosen to Did give up that, that power yeah, and that authority and go off into the sunset like that, I think it was a call to all of us, Catholic or not, um, are we seeking the good of another person or rather are we holding on to power, position um, and fame? And uh, this man obviously is going to be taking off those red shoes, going inside there and living a very, very different li uh, life than he's been living for the last he's eight years. taking off the red shoes? I, th I didn't think those were custom just for the Pope. I thought anybody could wear the red Gucci shoes. <laughs> Why, do you have a pair? There's, <laughs> you, you have about a minute to come on, comment on this. Oh, all the Ten Commandments that are involved in this? Yee. First commandment. Well, oh, wait. Yeah. Was, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're radio amateur? <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to the first commandment. I'm, I'm busy trying to craft a sentence with syncretism and Arianism. Here, let me see. What are you doing? We let got... me see if I can use these words to comment on this news story. Here, uh, here, so, look, here, here's part of the problem. Is I mean, this is why this is a big deal. I mean, Catholic Church, pretty big church. And basically, the the one doctrine uh, that a Catholic holds is that the Pope's in charge. I mean, that is the unifying principle of Roman Catholicism, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so this is a big deal for everyone because it's. I mean, really, when you when you get down to it, Catholic doctrine, and this, by the way, part of our Catholic outreach program, Catholic doctrine is sola popa. <laughs> I mean, Pope alone. So when the Pope's being switched out, this has to be a big deal. Of course, we want to we want to do a bit better and, and have Christ alone, or Scripture alone, uh, God's grace alone. So, all right, thank you uh, to our seminarians for joining us in studio, and uh, thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like Evan's chance of being elected. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect <laughs> the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. 
That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.